Welcome to the Gaming and Chill Podcast, episode 129. Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing video game violence. So this is not an easy topic to talk about because, look, it means talking about a lot of unpleasant things. However, I do want to state two things or a couple things right off the top. Okay, we are in no way making light of any recent tragic events. We do believe in the constitutional right to bear arms. And we are also fundamental that people are allowed to play whatever video games they want. Okay, so let's move into this. So I've been reading some research papers talking about the effects of violent video games and aggression. So I, I think that's a really interesting way to put it. Aggression. Not violence. Aggression. And they define it as like hitting, pushing, pinching, that sort of thing. Like, well, they played a lot more violent video games and then they became more aggressive. So it made me think about a a couple things, actually. So I don't know that there are... And again, I'm not a scientist. So let me be very clear. When I call into question some of these stuff, I'm speaking of a a zone of ignorance because I didn't do the research. I'm not reading the 500 page document on the research. I'm speaking only from reading what they published for the uh, general audience to read. So I don't know how specifically they set up the experiment, what their hypothesis was, what their testing mode was, anything like that. I'm sure I can go find that but that's uh, a little bit out of the scope of this podcast. So they talked about kids who played violent video games were more aggressive. So let's break that down into small, individual, bite-sized pieces, right? So kids who played violent video games, what video games? I'm not excusing it, but what video games? Also, how were they distributed to the kids? Also, they were peer-reviewed, basically. Like, they would ask teachers, hey, are they more aggressive? Hey, are they more... they pinching, they hitting, they shoving more? And those are subjective. Because nowadays, our classrooms are filled with kids, 40, 50 kids at a time, and you're paying attention to one or two. And also, that is not a blind study. A teacher who knows that a child is part of a study will be more attentive to it and more sensitive to it of going, ah, 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 that was, that was aggression, that was aggression. But that may not be it. That may not, in the words of Twitter, this ain't it. And I'm not saying that it's not true, because all the research points to, yeah, it it is a thing. 
But as far as kids have been in school, there's always been hitting, pushing, shoving. And I'm not saying it's kids being kids. I'm saying it's people being people. People are naturally aggressive. And be uh, let me be the one to say, statistically speaking, boys are more likely to be aggressive. And that's just the way biology works. So, I, I don't know, it's, it's troubling when they go, more aggression. What does that mean? There's also the, uh, what I brought up, there was also the method of delivery, right? So, how did the researchers give them the video games? I think that's also equally as important as what video games they gave them. Because, let's put it this way. When I'm at work, I don't swear around most people, right? Because it's socially unacceptable. However, when someone talks about their favorite music is, I don't know, ICP or Dianvert or other things, it opens up a realm. Or when they say, hey, I'm a fan of Ninja Sex Party. Those things have certain amounts of language and certain ideas. So it opens up a different conversational realm. You know, you don't you don't swear around your parents because, well, they wouldn't be okay with that. But once your parents swear around you, you go, oh, okay. I guess they condone that. So when a researcher gives them these video games, are they basically verifying the kids' minds of, oh, okay, it's more socially acceptable to let out energy and pent up you know pent up emotion sure there's there's just a lot of things that are called into question with that and again like I said I'm not the smartest one on the planet I'm a podcaster for God's sake but there's a lot of things that I feel like aren't being researched right. People, kids, have always been aggressive. You can even look at it in the media. You know, look at Back to the Future. There was a bully. Biff. Look at Leave it to Beaver. There were bullies. There have always been bullies. There has always been aggression. Go as far back as you want. There's violence. Cain and Abel, the first murder. Mankind has been waging war since man could hold a stick. And we've been good at it. We are naturally aggressive species. Are video game violent video games helping? Maybe not. But I think you also got to look at everything 
around those video games. You just can't say, that's it. Our culture is having different programming on television. Our music is changing. Our world is changing. We now live on a 24-hour news cycle. You can look up and watch CNN and see violent actions depicted. Load up Fox, more violent actions depicted. People calling for violence on each other. And not in some third world nation. We're talking about right here. Load up Twitter. People are aggressive. And it's partially because of anonymity. But it's also because people are terrible human beings. Humans are one of the most aggressive species on the planet. Save for probably ants. And maybe some monkeys. But it's not any one thing's fault. It's not mental health. We shouldn't and we can't blame only mental health because that's just frankly irresponsible. Lots of people have a mental health problem, issues. Depression, anxiety, bipolar, you name it. A lot of people have them. A lot of people aren't committing heinous acts of violence. A lot of people are playing video games. Not everyone is committing heinous acts of violence. A lot of people are watching television shows about making drugs. Breaking Bad. But not everyone is doing that. Yes, it may not help and it may pollute the mind. But it's not the only problem. It's the easy thing to point at. Because let's be honest, who outside of the gaming realm is standing up for games and saying, this ain't it, pal, this ain't it? No one. Very, very few people are actually standing up and going, hey, wait a minute, maybe it's the fact that on Twitter and Facebook and Mainstream media, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, we're glorifying these people. We're posting their names. We're telling everything that they've done for 48 hours. Yes, it's tragic. But you can load up the news and see acts of violence perpetrated. You can see acts of hatred perpetrated. By any number of people. Open up Twitter. And any person who. Dare publicly make their opinion known. Gets. While they get. Voices of praise. They also get the detractors. The ones who are aggressive. The ones who are violent. The ones who tell them. I think you should just stop. Is that the act of. Video games. Or is it the act of people being terrible people? That's all I'm saying. 
it's easy to point and go, aha, video games. But it ain't it. It's not the only potential factor. And to say it is, is widely irresponsible. It is the easy target. It is the easy scapegoat. Video games, it's been that way for ages. In the 90s, it's what made the ESRB. Violent video games! Specifically Mortal Kombat, I believe. But even then, before then, it was Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, witchcraft. It's leading the kids to the devil. Or maybe it was rock music. People have always found the easy scapegoat, the easy person to go, it's their fault. But what we need to do is look in the mirror and go, are we creating this environment ourselves? It's a tough call. It's not easy. No one wants to look in the mirror and go, am I helping to create this environment? Am I creating an environment in which I'm the one who's pointing a finger going, that's it? Because I don't want to face the issue in which I've helped create. And I'm not saying, and let me be very clear on this, I'm not saying we need to take away people's right to bear arms. I'm not. What I am saying is, maybe we need to make it a little more difficult. And I understand it is difficult. It's not just going down to Walmart and buying one and walking out the same day. There is a process, but we need to do better with it. We need to have better mental well-being checks. We need to have continuous updates. I have to go get my driver's license renewed. I have to go get... You know, when you get a certification to do CPR, you have to continually go and get recertified. Maybe we do that with firearms. Hey, why don't you why don't we recertify you? You know, why don't we make sure you're up to date on all the newest laws, all the newest uh, updates, and we're going to make sure that you're mentally sound enough to own. And that's going to be a tough process because how do you determine who is and isn't? But I think it's like the argument for pornography that a Supreme Court judge laid out. It's not easy to define. But when you see it, you know it. And yes, some people are going to get their hands on these weapons regardless. And that's part of society people always break the law but making sure that those who legally have them are fit and sound to do it I think that's important I think that is super important it's one reason why I don't own a firearm because I, well, and I choose not to, but two, I know that I struggle with depression and anxiety and I never want to have it in the house as in I'm feeling bad. And I have a child and I know no matter how hard I keep it under lock and key, 
it is always going to be a risk. Always. Yes, you can keep it under lock and key and in a vault and in a safe, but as long as it's there, it is still a potential risk. I'm just saying. And I'm not throwing shade at those who do have any sort of firearm. I'm all for it. Go for it. You do you. You be a responsible owner. Understand that with great power comes great responsibility. Not to jokingly quote Uncle Ben, but to be very serious. And every owner that I've ever met understands this, understands the responsibility in which they find themselves. They have the potential for so much damage and they understand it. They're responsible with it. They take responsibility for actions. They can they make sure they're locked up. They make sure they're safe and they're self-assessing going, am I fully capable physically, mentally, and emotionally to handle such a responsibility. It is a huge decision. That, I think, is more important than trying to figure out, is this video game too violent? We already have the ESRB in which parents flagrantly ignore The number of times I've been in a game store and a parent is buying an M-rated game for their 10-year-old child, it's disgusting. Now, some games are rated M for weird reasons, like the original Halo was rated M for weird reasons, but I'm sorry, Maybe maybe Timmy, who's 11, doesn't need to be playing Grand Theft Auto. Maybe Timmy, who's 11, doesn't need to be playing the most popular video game that's violent. Maybe they don't need the new Doom or the new Wolfenstein. Maybe they don't. An 11-year-old, honestly, should be more worried about playing a game than an 11-year-old should be playing. And I'm just... It's it's tiring. Yes, parents need to take responsibility for their children and how much games they're playing, what games they're playing, and having a conversation with their child. I think that is the biggest, the biggest cornerstone that a person could possibly consider you doing. Making sure to have a conversation with your child and saying, hey, the violence on that game is not, it's not acceptable to do in real life, to emulate. You shouldn't be doing that if they're even playing that game. I'm just saying, everybody needs to take responsibility for their own actions and stay in their lane. And realize that the easy scapegoat is often not the right attitude to have. Not the right action to take. Make sure that it's not just, aha, there's the easy thing to point out. We're done here. Let's go home, boys. Wrap it up. We got them. No. Take responsibility of your own actions, your own words, of your own internet footprint. Take responsibility.
That's it. That's the biggest part. Do video games cause violence? Maybe they doesn't help. But I don't think it's a where there's smoke, there's fire sort of thing. Lots of people play video games. Lots of people in other countries play video games. They don't have as many issues as we do. Lots of people play video games. Lots of people don't cause problems. Lots of people play violent video games. Doom, Wolfenstein, Grand Theft Auto. Name any one of the major players. Mortal Kombat. You're not going to find them on the news. You're going to find them in the corner office. Working quietly. Working diligently. And being an upstanding member of society. So to blame one thing. For lots of problems. This ain't it. So that's actually going to be the episode this week. I hope that what I said helps resonate with you. And understand that I'm not advocating for taking away of people's rights. I'm not saying it's only video games that's a problem. I'm saying take responsibility. So until next week, I hope that you're able to inwardly reflect on what you what actions you take. And I hope that your week goes well, goes smoothly, and is awesome. Thanks, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners out there because we really couldn't do it without you. We hope you enjoyed this week's Gaming and Chill podcast. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, follow us on social media, or learn how to support the podcast directly, check us out at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. Also, be sure to stay up to date with Gaming and Chill by following us on Twitter at at gaming underscore in underscore chill. Yes, that is gaming underscore in as in Nancy underscore chill. You can also find links to the articles, games, and videos mentioned in this podcast in the description below. Thanks again for watching, and until next time. <laughs> <laughs>